0: Welcome to the what is truth podcast y'all i am your host wheezy and uh hope everyone had a exquisite holiday weekend we just went over through christmas this show may be a little heavy for some so i want to preface that beforehand but it is the reality of the world that we live in today uh let me bring in my man mr josiah is that is that correct
1: yes that's exactly how you say it
0: josiah thayer right
1: yep that's it josiah thayer
0: all right my man um tell us a little bit about what you do who you are um and what brings us here tonight
1: yeah um i am a anti-war activist writer and researcher currently i'm seeking my phd in middle eastern studies um uh, my focus has stood around Yemen since first uh, coming in contact um, with people in Yemen who reached out to me on social media. And um, ever since then, I really uh, you know, dug down and I really wanted to know the cause of you know what was going on in, in Yemen beyond the headlines of what people were, were saying about the country. And to do that, you know, the only real way to do that is to build and establish sources on the ground in Yemen. And I've worked for over seven years to do that. I have friends from, you know, Quat and coffee farmers to political people all over the place. And um, what I realized is that what the majority of people are saying about Yemen is... is is that it's a hostile nation, you know, that has terrorists all over it. And all, but really, what nation, what it is, is that is nation. Ah, uh, sorry, Yemen has been broken for decades since the nineteen fifties. And um, what happened in the 19, uh, 1960s, Actually, in nineteen sixty, there was a coup, like you know, throughout the Middle East, Muhammad Musadek and Iran. The same thing kind of happened in, in Yemen where a group of students who were sent overseas in the 1940s and 50s to um, study abroad and stuff like that, they were sent by Imad Yahya, who was the um, king and ruler of Yemen at the time. And um, this group of students came back to Yemen and started to formulate with uh, other people who had studied abroad. Anyways, they, their coup it ended the longest reigning uh, dynasty in, in Yemen, a, di- a dynasty that had reigned for over 900 years. The Zaydi is, uh, Islam is the branch of Islam that they follow, which is similar in a way to um, the Shias of Iran, but um, they the Shias practice 12 Imam Islam and uh, these guys practice uh, Zaydi, five Imam Islam. So, Why I bring that up, why I bring up the 1960s and stuff like that is because the very same people who controlled the government in the 1960s, who were forced out, came back in um, 2014 and launched this whole conflict. Now, the conflict in Yemen started because water was denied to the Houthi villages. And when I say Houthi, Houthi is just a person. He's a man named uh, Malik al-Houthi. And his followers are called the Houthis. But really, they're Zaydis. And like I said before, the Zaydis have been around one of the oldest forms of Islam that you can find. And um, Sana is a, is a biblical place. It's, it's featured in the Torah, in the Bible, and in the Quran. Um, it, it has been a, a outpost in Yemen for a long time. Even before uh, religion was established, it was known as one of the um, pre-Islamic markets of Arabia. Way back, it was first discovered in the first century by the Greeks, who you know introduced Yemen to the rest of the world. Um, Yemen's biggest cash crop for the whole time has been uh, coffee. Coffee. It was considered a coffee imamate. For a long time but anyways back to the crisis that's going on there and um when they cut off the water supply to the houthis the houthis demanded that um that the water be be put back and when the water wasn't put back the houthis moved to formulate this revitalist uh movement that really picked up a lot of um steam in yemen And just to clarify, the Houthis, before becoming this political movement, armed militia, were an unarmed group from 1990 to 2004. Um, They were just a political group in Yemen. And um, it's not to say that they're good people or that they're humanitarians in any way. Um, they're, They're... the cause of a lot of landmine explosions in Yemen, because Yemen right now is the most mined nation since World War II. And it results in the most casualties in Yemen are coming from these landmines as, pe- as there's a little bit of peace in the country right now and people are starting to, you know, roam around and live life normally. They're hitting mines, especially children. And of course, that's a, a big A big uh, concern now the lies that i want to talk about too regarding the houthis is that there are that they're an iranian proxy which is in parts true and in parts false because iran i mean iran does supply the houthis with weapons and uh, missiles and and stuff like that um but even the united states government and i pulled up on an article but the united states government admitted that the houthis are not an iranian proxy um, give you the quote right here brian cook the u.s special representative for iran stated that iran does not speak for the Houthis, nor has the best interests of many people at heart Denise tally the assistant secretary of state for conflict and stabilization operations operations which i didn't even know is an actual title <laughs> said, uh, not all Houthis support Iran. Sorry, I going to bark because someone came in. Um, the Houthis, I mean, when, I, when the Houthis took over Sanaa in 2016, Iran warned them and, to, to pull back. And, uh, you know, this was all during the Trump administration when that was going on. But recently there was a peace negotiations that were started in April of this year where they met in the country of Oman to discuss peace negotiations. This is when Yemen was um, at its breaking point. 23.4 million people were in need of food assistance in the country that has a total population of 30 million. Um, the United Nations Undersecretary General for Humanitarian Affairs and Emer- Emergency Relief addressed the United Nations Council and said that 160 of these people will face famine-like conditions by year's end. The proxy war in Yemen has displaced 4.3 million people since 2015. Uh, and 300,000 people have been forced from their homes just this year. And the it's majority huge, of...
0: It's a huge thing that's happening. And that was one of the reasons why... I wanted to bring you on. I actually wanted to have someone knowledgeable in, in the area talk about Yemen because it hasn't had any coverage really. Um and I'd like to ask you and pick your mind on that, like why in your opinion, why it hasn't received any coverage at all.
1: Yeah. Um the main reason is because of the Red Sea and um the Bell on the be straight is I'm sure I've heard of, the Strait of Mousse and Iran, that um, this is a major traffic way for commerce, for oil. That's how the, um, Europe gets oil, is through the, the Strait. And what the international community decided to do was to put all of their efforts towards this blockade of Yemen to secure the Arabian Sea, the Strait and the Red Sea that leads to the Suez Canal, um, instead of, you know, putting that same military effort towards defeating the Houthis, which is a group of 2,000 people, you're telling me that 100 warplanes and all the Saudi destruction that has happened cannot defeat this group of people? So that's the biggest thing is that the war in Yemen has always been an excuse to control this area. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they they can't play their hand. They can't be like, like, oh, we want to secure it for the security of the Red Sea. But that's exactly why. The Red Sea is a replacement to the Strait of Hormuz, which Iran controls. 17 million barrels of oil pass through the Strait of Hormuz every day. So it's a vital choke point that Iran can cut off at any moment in Western world and the Gulf states don't like this. They need to control the Bab al Mendeb Strait because it's, you know, it's so it's so vital. And the reason why this war will always be put in the in the in the back front is because Saudi Arabia, the United States, the United Arab Emirates, all of the, the lobby of these people is so huge in Washington. That news organizations won't talk about Yemen because they'll be fired. It's happened so many times where the Saudis will just pull strings and get people just taken off the air. It's very similar to, um, you know, when people get shut for shut out for being anti-Semitic, pro-Israel, or if you if yeah. you say anything against
0: the Israeli regime, it you automatically get deemed. Uh, anti-semitic or or a bigot Uh, these are key words that they use i mean the in in my opinion and i don't know how far you go down the rabbit hole (laughs) into conspiracy (laughs) land i i go pretty deep yeah saudi arabia Arabia. rarely gets mentioned i mean it seems like israel people catch on to them pretty good Mm -hmm. but when it comes to saudi arabia they fly under the damn radar and if you look at 9-11 they're Hamprint was all over 9-11. 19 of the 21. 19
1: of the 21. What
0: about the 28 pages report that came out? In the 28 pages report, there was a royal, there was some royal Saudis living here in Sarasota, Florida where I live. I know this because I live down here. Uh, These royals (laughs) live in Sarasota, um, Florida, and they were funding Muhammad Atta and his cohorts in Venice, Florida. That rarely gets attention, and a month before 9/11 these royals got on a plane took off they were tipped off and then and what about that embassy in uh uh what's that embassy in uh, i can't remember somewhere in the middle east in uh jeddah the embassy in jeddah that allowed all these people who were in the terrorist uh watch list to come in
1: you know Absolutely. what i'm saying so no in my area um i live in boston we had the Boston Marathon bombing. yeah. And um, what people don't know about that is that there was a Saudi national who was seen running away from the body. He's caught uh, from the bombing. He's caught on video and everything. He was in the hospital with burns on his body. And um, all of a sudden, a diplomat came in. He was given diplomatic immunity and he was flown out of the country. Yeah. And it's always been suspected that uh he said he that that's this guy had something to do with it oh uh, the uh, Saudis yeah. have it's, the footprint everywhere
0: remember the dancing israelis uh that got caught the day after 9 <laughs> 11 and it turned out that they were Mossad, and they were allowed to leave the goddamn country and it just barely made a blip in the news and then the story went away disappeared conveniently and, and this is what i mean the saudi regime the israeli regime they are some of the biggest damn terrorists around the globe absolutely and and they rarely ever get the the finger points i mean when they made that under the trump administration they made a 100 million dollar arms deal and they got it what were that what was that money for people need to use the just the critical thinking skills what was that money for (laughs) And, and, and what about oh man you know what I'm saying? So, I, I've been following it. I'm, I'm nowhere near a scholar like yes. you are. So, I, I'm, I'm, I'm truly excited to have someone of so your caliber. So,
1: I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you a little bit right now. Um, Saudi Arabia is... It all goes down to the petrodollar, man. That's what it all boils down to. Saudi Arabia swore an agreement with the United States where they would make people buy their oil... In American U.S. dollars and U.S. currency, so anyone who buys Saudi Arabian oil has to switch their currency to U.S. currency. What does that do? It bolsters the U.S. economy. It makes the U.S. dollar huge. That's why when oil's down, the dollar's down because our money's the petrol dollar. We're based on oil because it gets. Saudi Arabia is the money launderer, if you know what I mean. You know what yeah. I mean. That that's exactly how it plays out in the area. And that's how this is why russia when you talk about that whole situation this is why russia is is the devil because if you look at the pipeline map of the world they all lead to russia bro like it's insane how many how much oil comes out of russia so that's why that whole ukraine issue thing is is huge when and syria syria that whole war in syria was all about two different pipelines iran um Iraq and Syria wanted to do a pipeline. They, they they started a war because Turkey and Qatar wanted to do a pipeline. And th- those were the warring parties. That's why that whole conflict was there. Yeah, It's the, all over the, the commerce. And in Yemen, it's all about oil, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, people, if people, people don't realize that Yemen... It, it, there's probably people listening to this that, you know, maybe be a little ignorant... Uh, on the thing, and it's, and it's not people's fault, man, because this isn't it, it's nah. hard to find any Yeah, Yemen's a this.
1: complicated place,
0: yeah, yeah, and it's hard to get any reliable um information. So, I've been following anti war uh, com on, on Twitter, catch their posts, you post there as well, right? Yeah. You, you've written a few articles, uh. For yes, them. yep,
1: and so it, it's for the tough blog to- for anti yep.
0: Yeah, there's so much shit going on too and, and so it makes it hard to stay on top of current events. But when it comes to Yemen, mm, yes. It people don't realize look at look at where Yemen is at. It is a piece of it, land just south of Saudi Arabia. Hmm. And, and and when you Yeah, man. When you realize how much money the Saudis have and how much power they they have to influence wherever country that you know they wanna they wanna you know, bother or or, or or get arms from or whatever. And then you see the Yemens just a little little patch of land to the south. That is mm-hmm. for all intents and purposes I mean they're holding their own, man. I I mean and for this real? doesn't get any damn coverage. These guys are standing up to one of the biggest fucking bullies around the block and they're standing up and instead of the the humanitarian people you know the people that claim they're about human rights around the world and 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 you see these organizations talk about the ukrainian people how about we talk about the goddamn yemen people who haven't had power who've been starving who've been getting genocided we don't hear shit about that
1: no we don't hear nothing and you know what we don't hear nothing about this Cade, the blockade of Yemen for seven years, they have blockaded the Yemen where people are starving. Now, it's against international law, the rules of war to bomb and blockade a, uh, a nation, just like the Israelis have been condemned by the United Nations over and over again for bombing Gaza because you can't besiege a place and bomb it at the same time. You can't leave. The people of Yemen have no place to go. The desert is to their north. The strict border... Of Oman is to the to, to the uh east, and then to the west is the Red Sea, and there's sea to the south. They have no place to go. They're they're quartered in there, and that's why we've seen such devastation in Yemen. They literally have no place to go. Over sixty seven percent of the airstrikes conducted in Yemen are directly targeting civilians. This is not bombing infrastructure. The, they're targeting civilians. It's a genocide. There's a difference. This is Sharia and Sunnis. It's the Sunnis bombing the Syria. Sh- the That's how it's playing out. And Shia areas are, are the ones that are, are suffering the most. You know what I mean? And another thing is is the women and children of Yemen who were just starting to get rights in that country are suffering horribly under... The, the new regimes that are coming in. There's no rule of law in that country right now. And who do you think is gonna suffer? The people who didn't have much to begin with, okay? And Yemen wasn't a, a, a good place, I mean, wasn't like a prosperous place before Saudi Arabia pounded. It. it was 147th in the world in development before this. Saudi Arabia sent 100 airplanes to a country that doesn't have any air defenses. And the international community just sat back and watched. They just watched all of this happen. Now, I have to say that recently they did um, organize uh, um, an effort from all these different nations who have been bombing Yemen, France, who have contributed to arms, the United States, Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, raised $17 billion. No. Yeah. $4.3 billion in humanitarian aid raised by the and uh, it's expected to help 17 million Yemenis. This is in coordination with a ceasefire that has lasted what that lasted for six months. It lasted from um, April 2022 to October 2022. The Houthis split out of peace negotiations because the Saudis were still bombing um, areas when the Houthis had refrained from launching missiles into. Um, Saudi Arabia. Now, listen, Saudi the Houthis have demonstrated the capability to hit Saudi Aramco facilities, which they've already done, and disrupted oil prices. So um, they have the capability to strike out at other nations in the region, which they haven't done. So when they now, I've witnessed these tribal fighters go from wearing the traditional garb of a tribal person from the Middle East. To looking like Navy SEALs people. How do you think that's happened? That's happened because Yemen has become a crock pot for arms manufacturers. All these different people are just pumping in money to Yemen. Right now, Yemen is broken into three different major powers the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, and the Northern Yemenis. And you have Sanaa, which is in the north. It's kind of closer to uh, Saudi Arabia's border. That's the um, Houthis. And then South Aden, which is a critical port right at the mouth of the bel Strait, that port is controlled by the United Arab Emirates. And the southern southern part of the the country is controlled by them as well. And coordination with Saudi Arabia. They call themselves the Gulf Coalition, which is a coalition of Gulf states, Kuwait, or, um, Oman's not participating, um, and Qatar is not participating in it, which is, which is good. But, um, recently, um, you know, the, I have to say that stuff really calmed down in Yemen. There was a, f- a drop in 78% of airstrikes. I mean, airstrikes fell by 78%. Um, and it kind of allowed the country to get back to normal. But as I was saying before, um, it left people vulnerable to armaments that hadn't exploded, that were dropped on the country, that are just like buried in the sand, and then they get found and get exploded, and mines um, that were purposely placed there by Houthi rebels. So that's um, the main crux. and Three hundred seventy seven thousand people are expected to die by the end of this year in Yemen. Um, and the last death toll numbers that I received was a hundred thousand. So it is an extreme jump in violence between two thousand twenty and two thousand and twenty-two, which led to the peace talks. Um, and for years we had uh, Mansour al-Hadi in in power in Yemen. He was the puppet president. He didn't live in Yemen. He lived in a hotel in Saudi Arabia, which was the joke that him and all his government had not the keys to Yemen, but the keys to the hotel in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> and um, he, he, it, the international community started to realize that he didn't have any power in Yemen, that it was the Houthis that have all the power in Yemen. Or uh, they call themselves Ansar Allah. And um, they also call themselves just the Sana'a government. Um, they had all the power. So then in... And earlier this year, in the beginning of this year, uh, he was, Mansour Haiti was called um, to the palace in Riyadh, and three-hour discussions were held. And what came out of that palace was what they call a presidential council. It's 10 different leaders of Yemen right now that are all um, vying for different parts of Yemen and uh, different areas, like the southern successionists and, and... It's really has turned into a shit show. Meanwhile, the Houthis are represented in this uh, 10-part panel, but they recently pulled out of it because, uh, you know, the the Saudis won't stop with the blockade. That's the main thing that the Yemenis want is the blockade lifted. And also um, the civil servants of Yemen, much like Egypt, the civil servants are the backbone of the economy. They're the people who build the roads, the schools, the teachers, the, you know, the same, any employee force of, of a community. These people have been working in Yemen for seven years without pay. The government isn't paying them. So, of course, they're going to resort to extremism. It's breeding extremism. You think this man is going to sit there with his four children and let them be hungry or is he going to pick up a clutch in a coffin and go fight? Of course, he's going to go fight. And it's like they, they blame these communities when they're the creators of the extremism. And make no mistake, Hoopy's slogan is "deaf to Israel, deaf to America. They're, they're, not, uh, <laughs> they're not trying to be our friends, if you will. You know what I mean? They, they realize that they are the causes of the destruction in their country.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's what I appreciate about you, man. You don't, you don't sugarcoat... You're not sugar-coating the situation. You're just giving us the, the straight dope, if you will. And yeah, uh,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing, man. I mean, yeah, that's- I don't trust the propaganda going on. I mean, obviously, what we see more on the TV is the whole Russia-Ukraine aspect. But that, even that example is, is you can see the media and in full propaganda mode. I think it was yesterday. Maybe it was today. I can't remember. Uh, but there was an article saying that uh, Vladimir Putin is only alive because of Western medicine. You know, he's, he's dying of cancer, (laughs) but he's alive. I mean, and you read the comments and even the comments like, holy shit. I didn't think propaganda existed in 2022, but here we are. So even regular normies weren't buying, you know, just the shit propaganda that, that the West was putting out. And so that's why, I wanted to pick your mind on on why exactly uh, I, I have my ideas, you know, my own thoughts on why Yemen isn't getting the coverage it's getting. But and it all goes back to the power that that Saudi Arabia has. I mean, when they killed Jamal Khashoggi, it, yes. it was murder in cold blood. The whole world saw it and it was just a slap that on the wrist. Was creepy, bro. It was just a slap on the goddamn wrist. You know yes. what I'm saying? Everyone yeah, knew absolutely. who did it. And, and, and to me, you know, there was a... When was it? A couple of years ago, there was a Pensacola shooter out here in Florida. Dude was from Saudi Arabia. He opened fire in the campus, My killed God. some people. He was about... To, he, he got let uh, to leave. He was able to leave the goddamn country. He just opened fire in the campus and got to leave the country. And it, it's always just crazy. How these motherfuckers can yeah. do whatever so, the hell they want and suffer no repercussions, and, no
1: repercussions.
0: and, and so I want to the pick your mind. Blonde. Why? Why can't? Why does Saudi Arabia get to get away with anything they want? In your opinion?
1: Yeah, I also want to address what you said before about why doesn't Yemen get coverage? And to be blunt, it's because their skin is brown, and they don't have blonde hair and blues eye, blue eyes like the people in in Ukraine. That's the same thing about uh somalia about nigeria yeah. about um libya that bro that's just the the god's honest truth they they will not it doesn't carry it i got into an argument with one of my good friends about this who had said that you know yemen doesn't get that coverage because it's not ge- geopolitically important um i cannot think of a more geopolitically important place in the world than in, than the arabian peninsula yeah, <laughs> where all the Saudi oil and all that stuff comes from, um, and oh man, I forgot your other question. What what was the second question?
0: Why, why Saudi Arabia gets a, uh, basically uh, a pass, a free pass to do as they wish uh, the world over. Right.
1: Right. Um. L- little people don't know this, but um, when Jack Dorsey left Twitter, Saudi Arabia owned more shares of Twitter than Jack Dorsey did. And it was a signal of, uh, J- Jack Dorsey, he gets a lot of blame, but dude's a cyber, a cypherpunk and, uh, you know, lived his life by, you know, privacy and dec- encryption and all that shit. And, um, so Saudi, a prince in Saudi Arabia actually owned, uh, more shares in Twitter than he did. That's why the topic of Yemen is censored on, and, and um, on Twitter and, um, The same thing, like I said before, when it comes to media and the lobby. Now, most people, the media gets most of their funding from Congress, and then Congress gets most of their backdoor funding from lobbyists, like the lobbyists from Saudi Arabia and the lobbyists from the United Arab Emirates. They simply control who says what. I tried for years, for years screamed from the rooftops to get this information into the public. Anybody I sent articles to all the different news organizations from Democracy Now to all the ones who you think would would pick it up and start covering it. And nobody focused on it. And the only thing that I that I can relate back to is that somebody above them, somebody is getting a phone call and they're saying this is a don't touch this. Don't talk about this. This is, you know, there's too many dead. It's too icky, or whatever you want to say. But that's what it is. Yeah. They, the propaganda around it, will they? You will hear more news articles talk about the Houthis and call them an Iranian proxy, than mention that there's 24 million starving people in the country.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: The groups that do do it are like the Red Cross and you know, you know that the aid groups who are, are sounding the alarm about this kind of stuff but all international aid groups pulled out of yemen in 2015 which was completely detrimental to the to the to the country revitalizing it, it now every single person who's a member of like the red cross or any of those organizations in yemen is a person from yemen and these the citizens of the people who are going to different communities and bringing food and uh you know making sure that people can can survive in this and one of the saddest things that I, I reported on when I first got into this is I saw a statistic from, uh, that said that one child dies every 10 minutes in Yemen. So mm-hmm. I wrote an article and I said, one child dies every 10 minutes in Yemen and no one cares in antiwar.com published it. And that was the first time that I got, that I broke through into any type of media network like that.
0: Yeah.
1: And ever since then, that was back in, uh, 2018. And I just been writing. Anytime I have any type of news about Yemen, I just submit it to them, and they sometimes they publish it, and sometimes they don't. Um, the the graphic images from Yemen, you know, I will not, you know, suggest any of your viewers go and and look at any of that. Um, I suggest that people go and look at how gorgeous that country is. Um, you have full cities made of sandstone bricks um you know what i mean like the history um, the, um, and how beautiful it is yeah. man and that they're destroying it there was a joke in the 1990s that there was so many anthropologists in yemen that a mayor uh, made a law that there could only be one anthropologist per village because yemen is such a historic place um there's a dam in yemen that i'm forgetting the al-ram dam or something like that um that's featured in the Quran. So um they the Yemen is the first um Arab nation, if you will. It was before any of them. So they all look to Yemen as like like the first place that uh countries supporting Yemen and getting their back is their their neighbors, Oman, Um, because they share similar religious ties. And Oman is the country right now currently hosting the peace talks between Saudi Arabia and Yemen because they're they're cool with both sides. But to explain a little bit about how the Saudis think, do you they they plan to build a 590 mile canal from Yemen, I mean, from Saudi Arabia through Yemen to connect to the Arabian Sea to completely bypass Yemen, because that's the main crux of it. They don't care what happens to Yemen. They want the Yemen. port. if you look at Saudi Arabia on a map as oil, but it's really hard to get it all out of Saudi Arabia that's why Saudi Arabia's interest is not in northern Yemen it's in southern Yemen in the all so then they can distribute their the oil at will without any and when i talk about building a canal i mean money was paid construction plans drawn up and this isn't the first time they they threatened qatar the people who just ho- hosted the, the world cup they threatened to build a uh, canal that would cut Qatar off and make it an island because Qatar wasn't complying with what they were what they wanted them to do. So they they they're the hegemonic They're, they that's it. They they're the the leaders. They 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 have friendly relationships with the Israelis now, which no other arabic nation has done um with direct flights back and forth to Israel in in Saudi Arabia. And Israel had plays a huge part in uh the disruption in saudi arabia many people are familiar with uh the muslim brotherhood also known as the al Islam party um basically they're the ones who were behind the revolution in egypt to overthrow uh mubarak so um they're a muslim brother they were actually formulated in the 1990s in Saudi Arabia, go figure. <laughs> um, they're a group that goes around and they really, they, they're they Sunni Islam. And what Saudi Arabia does and what they control is they control the extremism, if you will, Wahhabism. Okay, that's what they preach and that's what they teach. When the United States invaded Iraq and Afghanistan, what we found behind Taliban uh, camps were books and teachings from wahhabism. Wahhabism is an extreme form of islam of um you know death to all infidels that kind of thing. That's how they 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 preach all that shit. And their that, that's the main
0: religion in in Saudi Arabia, right?
1: That Absolutely. That's what
0: makes them wear that uh you know like the red and white
1: uh Absolutely. And um yeah. If you will the um the brotherhood is kind of like the i don't know how to explain like the the militant group of saudi arabia if you will saudi arabia is perfectly fine with spreading these militant groups all throughout the middle east to continue the war on terror in places like somalia and stuff like that they go to these places they spread wahhabism and then wahhabism catches on through radical people who like Al Shabaab. And then it just spreads from there. They fund these with, where where, where does uh, Somalians get all of these tanks and, 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 and gear and stuff like that? Somebody's giving it to them. And it's Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia will prop up any terrorist group throughout the world because they want the United States in in the Middle East, occupy it because it means their security. If the Middle East is in Iraq or um, Afghanistan, those are both nations that are Shia nations. They're not Sunni nations. So it's good to have somebody controlling those nations that is on your side if you're a Sunni monarchy, which they are. Saudi Arabia is the last absolute monarchy in the world. They're the, they're the last one. There's forms of government that have came out that aren't monarchies anymore, you know, like Spain and, and um, England, they're they're not absolute monarchies anymore. But Saudi Arabia is the last absolute monarchy in the world. And then you have uh, MBS, the guy who ordered the murder of Khashoggi, which um, I wrote an article about that, because that was done by who they call the Tiger squad. It's a group of assassins that uh, that has assassinated over 30 people in in the country of Saudi Arabia, people who have challenged MBS's power or said anything critical about him. And this was their first uh, mission outside of the country. They completely took over the embassy. They posed as staff in the embassy. So when Khashoggi went there, he, he was completely set up. He, he didn't have a chance in the world. Yeah. Um. It's it that is uh and when the United States went to Saudi Arabia and they asked questions about Khashoggi, Saudi Arabia brought up that a journalist had a Palestinian journalist had just been murdered by uh, an Israeli sniper. Mm. Um, so they they just like they say like what about this when Saudi Arabia does nothing for Palestine, but they're they're really quick to to use it as an excuse.
0: Yeah, yeah, just for cover. Yeah, I remember after the Jamal Khashoggi, there was, like, I think the G20 Summit. Mm -hmm. And Macron and MBS were talking, and it was caught on a hot mic. They didn't realize that the mics were on. (laughs) And it was Macron kind of like, dude, why'd you fuck this up? You know? Like, it's, it's not, like... Oh man! How dare you kill Jamal Khashoggi? You know, b- bad guy. You know, it was like, damn, dude, you—it was sloppy. You know, for real. Like, like you're making clean up after all yourself. Th- that's what—that's what the anger was. It wasn't the fact that he just killed a, a prominent journalist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah.
1: and, and again, and you know, and, like, and Jamal
0: Khashoggi was working for the Washington Post at the time. Oh man! And Jeff yeah. Bezos didn't say a goddamn thing.
1: Oh no! Of course not.
0: And, and instead, the, there was a. Netflix um, documentary on the whole Jamal Khashoggi, and they took it down off of Netflix uh, because Saudi Arabia wanted it off. You know what I'm saying? And, and this yes. is why I had asked you, like, how the hell did they get to this point where whatever they want, they get?
1: I, you have to go down the rabbit hole of the petrol dollar, and it will all make sense. We're talking about trillions and trillions of dollars monthly that get traded into U.S. currency. They fuel our economy. So they can easily, easily with the flip of a switch, bring gas prices to $10 in America. Like that, easily. That's that's the power yeah. that they hold over everybody. That's why you had the push under the Trump administrations and other administrations to, you know, do the shale in North Dakota and get away from... Um, this the, the dependence on saudi oil but if anything it has because of the whole russia thing it it picked up you yeah. know what i mean
0: well i remember and it a couple really, of months ago there was a there was some talk about how the saudis were going directly to putin and negotiating some kind of oil deal with them and <laughs> biden had to like be begging them no no please don't you know like And I'm like, man, these motherfuckers have everyone by the balls. And they can literally do whatever the hell they want. Same thing with Israel. Israel is the same thing. And and it's just, it it seems like it's so clear that 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 Israel and the Saudis uh, go hand in hand. But it seems like very few people, like the majority of people, don't see that relationship.
1: Absolutely. And... um, I don't know if you know, of like the war of 1967, which established Israel or well, that when when Egypt was in Yemen at the time, when when um, I- Israel decided to to invade Egypt. And that's how Israel would, like do military. That's how it became a state. It formed its its own its own government. Right. And but what people don't know is that the war was actually started because uh, NASA in Egypt used chemical weapons on the Houthis, on the Zaydi Islam people in the Northern Highlands. He used chemical weapons on them and killed a bunch of them. This scared the Israelis who cited it in their invasion, that they were scared that the Egyptians were going to use chemical weapons against them. And this is all the way back in 1967. So the connection between israel's hegemony in the area which israel is just there because an ally like israel in that region without israel we would have no solid solid ally, ally in the region and i we could we could do a whole other show about the united states and israel and i'm willing to do that because Hell yeah, dude. Um, I, would love I have that. a lot of passion about that bro
0: yeah man no I, um yeah the I mean...
1: palestinians are in my heart and they always will be
0: yeah, for sure, man. And that's a topic that I love to get into because it's made in such a way where any criticism... It's, it's the same thing with LGBTQ crap. Uh, any legitimate criticisms, you are automatically labeled a, a bigot. You know, I was having a discussion with someone on just saying that having the thought of a million different genders is just a silly belief. And I was called a bigot for that. I'm like, what? You can't even you can't even criticize this. You you know, and it's the same thing with the Israeli stuff. Like yeah. I, I don't care what people believe in. I don't care where they come from. I don't care what color their skin is. But if you ascribe to shit ass beliefs, I'm gonna call it out. I don't care if you call me a goddamn bigot. This Absolutely. whole Zionist movement is an ideology. How come we can criticize conservative ideology and, and we're not a bigot? We can criticize liberal ideology ideology and we're not a bigot but we criticize the zionist ideology you are automatically an anti-semite you need to be canceled and that's a fucking weapon that's played on purpose to avoid any serious discourse regarding the atrocities committed by these motherfuckers on a daily basis that goes under the radar because the media refuses to cover it because they don't want to get kanye'd
1: exactly it's the you just spoke the damn truth right there that's exactly how it plays out israel <laughs> oh man yeah we can get into
0: another show man I, we can focus right. on yemen but so yeah Israel's- dude I, I would
1: love to do that because we need to,
0: bombs need to be dropped on israel and yeah and i wanted to like they were this, dropping this them on saudi quick. arabia people needed to wake up man because i do hear more people talking about israel's injustices they're more awake to that if you will uh but i don't hear too many damn people talking about saudi arabia which in my mind i put saudi the saudis and israel uh on the same level playing field man because they can get away with anything they goddamn want and and there are many examples man i'm always bringing up 9-11 when it comes to those two countries but you can there's so many incidents right uh, and to to the present break
1: into the whole the whole formation of Saudi Arabia. Saudi Arabia, the Sauds were just a group, uh, a militia group, that were contacted by the British in the 1900s. And um, the British led all the funding to formulate this kingdom. It was even a British guy who came up with the name, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They're completely formulated by the British and still get the majority of their funding from the British today. Another thing that the British is involved in this in, in the Middle East is is um, the oil. People don't know that they have a 50 50 partnership with Iran. They're always talking about Iran, that Iran's this big British petroleum. The BP oil gets their oil from Iran. So they have a, a deal with them that's been there since the 1940s. So anytime you hear them criticizing Iran or, you know, oh, shit, my bad. Yo, I got to go grab my charger real quick.
0: Oh, you good, man. There you go, UK followers. We're going gonna to bring in the UK to the mix. You guys are dirty ass, too. <laughs> JK, LOL. Uh, Thank you guys for staying up I know it's midnight um, Into the next day So thank you guys for making it out Uh, I hope you guys are learning something But these types of truth bombs Need to be dropped And uh, If no one talks about it They will never get dropped So We're just trying to do our part In uh, dropping them With my man Jabuziah just needs to get his charger real quick.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I should have known that was gonna happen.
0: Are <laughs> oh, you good man?
1: My computer's so beat up too that if it doesn't if it doesn't get put on the charger right away it's over.
0: That's cause you're busy journaling, man. <laughs> busy right, we'll busy dropping those truth bombs if you will um, <laughs> yeah dude uh, no I was just saying All when right. you were gone that you know a lot of the people that follow me are from the UK so for you to bring in the UK's participation or their role in this mix is going to be definitely you know
1: it's gonna yeah be- um, well the UK has always been interested in Yemen they started occupying the port city of Aden in the 1800s and they didn't leave until 1967. Uh, Yemen was used as a launch pad for World War 1. The French occupied Djibouti. Um, the Italians were in Eritrea and you know that kind of set the stage for World War 1. After World War 1 Yemen came out as an independent nation because it was once a, a sultanate of the Ottoman Empire. And so they they have their handprint. The the British are the people who oppressed Yemen since 1967. They um, they squashed rebellions and they tried to do colonial rule. There's a famous picture of the Queen of England in um, Yemen with a whip in her hand. God <laughs> damn. So yeah, there's they they have their handprints all over uh that area it's very important to them what was important at the time to the british was the spice trade obviously that's what um they set up the port of aden to be a midway port midway point between asia and england and it, it's been uh you know very very vital spot in the world for a long time but it it's kind of like cuba after world war one and two it, it it kind of hunkered down and didn't allow any type of outside help whatsoever that's why yemen is underdeveloped when you see yemen now and you kind of see like their roads and stuff like that it's because yemen denied all post-war funding um iman Yahya, the king of yemen at the time is quoted as saying um if i have to choose of being poor but dependent and independent but poor, I'll choose the latter. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the choice that he made for Yemen. And that's why, you know, today Yemen is still trying to come back. Um, you got to think that math and science were just introduced to the people of Yemen in 1970 when, um, you know, a guy from Yale who was from Yemen, but got his degree in Yale, came back to Yemen and changes the whole education system. But, um, I want to briefly talk about the, um, I know when I left, I was talking about Israel, but I lost my train of thought on that. Um, but, uh, the, the peace talks in Yemen right now, because it's vital that Oman invited Yemen. Um, I mean the Houthis invited Amman to Sana. This just happened last week. And, um, inviting that that means that maybe the peace talks will be started back up it's not like there was ever a ceasefire in Yemen everybody kept battling but what we really saw was that the casualties dropped tremendously um Saudi Arabia seemed to get back to fighting the 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 Houthis that they were supposed to be fighting rather than trying to bomb anywhere and and I'll give you an example of that here's here's from the uh, joint, it's basically uh, a commission set up by Saudi Arabia that was ordered by the United Nations to investigate Saudi Arabia's airstrikes in Yemen. So they said that they confirmed uh, uh of Houthi militias
0: Uh-oh. Did I lose you? Josiah. My man, where are you at? Can you hear me? Hey, Josiah if you can hear me uh, It's saying on my end That you need to refresh And rejoin the studio Because I can't hear you You kind of went away As we wait For Mr. Josiah I want to give a shout out to Miss T Marion G of G's Secret Squirrel for you guys making that out And everyone else that is a silent but deadly listener <laughs> thank you guys for making it up especially if you're in the uk I know i realize it's completely late so much love to y'all what's up josiah can you Yo, hear me? i'm back there you go man
1: yeah i can hear you
0: yeah there you go what's up man
1: i hear you too last time you could hear me yeah you're i was your crying connection? out for you no. <laughs> what's that it's horrible i know
0: yeah it, you just sound robotic man you sound like a goddamn tranny but a transformer not not that <laughs> other kind i'm so
1: sorry <laughs> man. i live in the moment dude i don't know what to say Nah, no, you're good um, bro no i mean get back to reading this little thing right here
0: no, I mean, no man if, if you want to finish that last thought um yeah let's do it and then we we'll, yeah, i definitely absolutely. want to do Shit! Not one more of the show. We'll do several other shows, man. We'll focus on uh, Israel next time around, and then we'll we'll focus on another stuff for sure.
1: Yeah, I promise to have a better microphone. Too. Yeah, no, it's.
0: I, I think it's just your connection because it sounds robotic. The thing is, my if you are listening to this on podcast format, it's going to sound crisp. Um, with the calling that you're doing, it's going to record from your natively from you're at where you're at so it's gonna sound just fine on my end uh once i edit it uh I but right now live it sounds robotic <laughs> but it works out, man.
1: you know one time um, i don't know if you ever heard about her her name was a uh, reality winner you ever heard of her
0: reality what
1: reality winner that that was her real name <laughs> um, but anyways Winter. uh she was yes she was um, she was caught sneaking documents out of an NSA facility. She was convicted. Um, and I was doing a show. Um, and I used to do a podcast with um her mom and two other journalists. And then the show got it was all echoey. I fucked it all up, bro. <laughs> so I know exactly what you're talking about with podcasts.
0: Yeah, no like right now it's it's sounding robotic, but once I edit this later on, it's going to sound crisp. So don't worry about it. And it could be the the time of uh, time of day so maybe we'll have to do it a little bit earlier next time around and it might be sometimes for whatever yeah, reason, absolutely. later on at night the internet connections go a little wonky. Uh
1: cuz it's popping.
0: Yeah, cuz you're in New York, right? <laughs>
1: yeah. Well, actually I'm in Boston. You are where? Boston.
0: Oh, Boston! I thought you said you got embalmed. <laughs> I was like, "What the <laughs> fuck is going oh, on?" Oh <laughs> shit! <laughs> I'm like, That's crazy. Hold up, give me, Boston. wait a minute. Yeah, man. No, yeah, man. and I- I'm sure it's cold as hell over there, man. Any riots going on over there?
1: No. Nah, <laughs> Did nah, you hear about I'm that right. shit
0: in New York and Buffalo, where yeah, they started yeah, looting pay, the bro. fuck out of businesses? Give me that heater. <laughs> oh man, the world's <laughs> a trying crazy to be place. cold
1: around here. Yeah, it is. My man. Yeah, li- I'm definitely cool My with man. just uh, ending it there, bro. Yeah, yeah, For we'll sure. we'll
0: do it again so it sounds better because it's sounding you're coming in and out right now. So we'll have to do another one where it sounds a little more crisp. Uh, otherwise, we could just pre-record it and, like I said, once I edit it, it sounds it sounds. Uh, Crisp, yeah, crystal to, clear.
1: We'll do. We'll do all those options. Hell yeah! Uh,
0: tell people where they can find you, my man.
1: Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right, so you can find me on Twitter at the people d a p e a p l e the people like peace, um, and my website at we the Yeah,
0: I put several links. Uh, I think that you gave me on the DMs. I put them in the Yeah, in the and there's also the
1: Hive the Hive uh blog.
0: Yeah. So check the Which, description, uh, y'all. We'll talk hey, about... Hell yeah. Talk about what, my man? Yeah. All
1: right. Talk about what, my man? Oh. We're going to talk, talk about Hive, man. I, I was talking to you a little bit about it, but I think it's a platform that people will really love if they just wrap their heads around it.
0: What's the hype about? What's the, What's the hype about? What's the deal there? Hive.
1: The Hive is a social media. It's a social media platform where you're paid in crypto for your content. So you you post your content like this this podcast that we're doing right now. Like yeah. Reddit, people upload it. The, the more uploads you get, the more money it earns. Everyone has. It's it's a real currency that's traded on 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 cryptocurrency. If you look it up, it's called uh the Hive currency, and there's also a high back dollar. Um. Which is stable coin that stays at a dollar. So, like, if if you're into crypto and shit like that, um, it's a great platform just for anybody who who if you want to do a blog. Basically, we're Web 3.0. o. Oh, we're off. Nobody, you can't be censored on here. You can publish anything you want. Um, uh, Twitter and all that shit's made on Web 2 we oh, o. We're we're Web three o. Oh, they can't touch us. Advertisers can't track you. It's it's a platform that that we built. For people who who want to uh, be secure on the internet and not like give a cut to YouTube or whatever the fuck every time yeah, they do man. something.
0: Fuck, fuck big tech, dude. I got I got banned <laughs> off of YouTube and yeah, I don't I don't re- I don't do much. Oh yeah, uh, Twitter anymore, says man. that fuck
1: I am that. uh that I'm seventy one percent a disruptive person and I used to use caution when engaging me. That's what Twitter's report says about me. Yeah, man. yeah,
0: I try to, I try to <laughs> keep a low profile on Twitter, man. I don't, I don't trust any of these guys. I know a lot of people uh, looking at Elon as a new savior and messiah, man. I'm like, I don't trust that motherfucker, especially yeah. when he wants to no, put no, no, brain no. chips in everyone. People forget that part, a- and when this guy is wanting to put yeah. brain chips, and then not only that, if if you're gonna claim to be a free speech absolutist. And, and then you ban people that criticize you, or, or shit that hurts your feelings. And, and, and I know people that that are on the right wing of uh, things. were like, oh hell yeah, I'm glad they banned them so they could taste a little bit of what we had to suffer. I don't. I'm not cool with that. I don't care. I, I'm not cool with that. Nah. Man. If you're cool with free speech, you have to be cool with criticism. You have to be open with everything, man. You can't be selective about this shit. That's not what free speech is about.
1: Absolutely. At the end of the day. Yeah, I mean that 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 counteraction that comes back at you that you don't like is 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 free speech. That's man, we wouldn't have anything if we didn't have that. You know, that's how this country was debated and founded. You know, like exactly, I don't understand man. it when people get into that debate.
0: Yeah, it, it's it. a you joke. Know, man.
1: I do hold my tongue a lot because I know that they'll ban my ass. Like yeah, I got yeah. banned for talking about ivermectin.
0: Yeah,
1: I did one tweet about ivermectin and they canceled me for twelve hours and. <laughs> yeah, like, oh. oh damn. Yeah, I, I
0: tried. I, I I'll get in little discussions here and there, man. And I'm always asking people like that, especially the fuckers that talk the loudest shit on Twitter, let's have a debate, man. Get on my show. You want to talk yeah, shit? Let's yeah. do it. Let's do it. And they I hear crickets. So they they're quick to <laughs> talk all this shit on Twitter. But then, when it's time to do it on the podcast, they don't that's say That's because that damn tweet thing,
1: that man. they sent to you took like 15 minutes for them to write, bro. And they don't want to admit it. They were sitting there backspacing and rewording it. And yeah. <laughs> they can't have a, a discussion like that. They'll be, they'll be caught off guard. Yeah.
0: And, and that's the people that want. But
1: listen, people, people like that will waddle their way into their own echo chambers. This is what they do Yo. they waddle into a corner of their own little echo chambers. And then they turn around and face the world, but then they're vicious Tuawas who are territorial dots. you Get what I'm saying? That's yep. what they do. Yep. They're like, "Yo, you can't, you can't say anything. This is this is how I think. You know, there's no such thing as your truth or my truth. There's only the truth." Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I that shit when when I hear people
0: say, "Well, I want to talk about my truth." God damn it, uh, that doesn't exist, bro. I don't give a fuck about your truth. Let's talk about the goddamn truth. And there's only one of it. You know what I'm saying? So, Yeah I, I appreciate your perspective on this shit. But I don't give a fuck about your truth. Give me the goddamn truth at the end of the day. <laughs>
1: That's the truth.
0: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So. My man, truly a pleasure This ain't gonna be the first rodeo man we're, we're, We'll do definitely other Absolutely shows man. No. I definitely wanna go balls deep In the Israel shit man Cause I got my beef with that motherfucking Damn. regime
1: I got no beef with the people I'm putting on a non there hell,
0: hell yeah dude, in I got Turkey. no, pe- I can't, I no can't even beef No beef with the average Israeli citizen I don't give a fuck man It's the regime The fucking regime is evil And needs to be dismantled Fuck that regime and fuck the Zionist ideology. (laughs) And that's what I I will make. no My my Yemeni
1: friends that are listening will love to hear that, by the way.
0: (laughs) I mean it, man. I ain't saying it for points, man. (laughs) I know some people is going to get mad and angry about that shit. I don't give a fuck. That's my truth. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It is what it is, man. Um, Appreciate you coming on, my man. We'll uh, we'll, we'll keep in touch in the DMs and we'll have to do another show
1: uh, soon. Thanks my for man. having me. See you later, man. Yeah, you Bye. take it easy, bro.
0: Alright, y'all. That was my man Josiah Thayer. Check out his links on the description. He uh, had a great time. We'll definitely be doing another show, man. I really, really enjoyed him. And uh want to give a shout out to everyone in the UK that is still up still enjoying the show. Uh much love to you guys. Thank you guys for staying out. Um and as far as this weekend, I don't know. Just tune in. We may do a show, we may not. It's the end of the year. Hope everyone got their presents and everything that they asked for. And uh all right, y'all. Hugs and kisses. <laughs>